Welcome to Forecast, the foreshadow podcast, seeking glimpses of heaven on earth through conversations about people's lives and work. This season, our theme is Songs of Ascents, Pilgrimage and Worship, exploring the journeys we make in search of a wholeness in God. I'm Jarrell, and with me today are my co-hosts, Will and Josh. Today, we will review the first three conversations of the season so far. All right. How are you guys doing? It's nice to record again. Um, I believe it's been a few months now since we did our introductory episode. Something like that. that, Was that February? Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's been almost one, well, two two months. We're recording on April Fool's Day, actually. Um, Oh, so joke's on you. This (laughs) is not a real episode. Sorry, that was bad. (laughs) (laughs) We should have. I was trying. Should have done something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing, though. It's an April Fool's recording day, but not an April Fool's release date, right? True. So we'd Doesn't have to count. really, there'd have to be some, you know, some uh, ingenious I'm, time traveling, yeah. or, you know, or a presentation. You know, I mean, I guess we can keep running with the April Fool's thing if we want to and, you know, sneak some things in uh, and just, you know, let people have uh, later encounters with April Fool's. I mean, we can encourage them to listen to, to the episode next year on April Fools, and and so those <laughs> those funny things that we do would apply for that day. Yes, yes. There yeah. we go. All right, sorted. Maybe this will make the final edit too. This, this little <laughs> yeah. bit. <laughs> Future Fools, April. Sorry. Um. Yeah. So clearly, Jarrell has got uh you know the first of April in in mind. Um. Drell, you were sharing before we started recording a little bit about something I think remarkable slash cute that little humans do. What's going on in, in your world with that? Tell us more. Oh, yes. Uh, so our our now 14-month-old uh, has just started walking and a uh, game-changer event, if you will, in the household. <laughs> um, so, but, it, you know, keeping things fun and exciting. You know, she just was walking in the room earlier, as I was telling Josh. Uh, and I was like, "Whoa, hello, you're here." So, um, it's uh, keeping us on our toes, that's for sure. Mm. And not to be outdone, obviously, Josh, your son, as cartwheeling and uh, and you know, sort of rope swinging already. I think too, right? Uh, I wish. Well, he's he's. I think last time last year we were speaking, he I was explaining he was rolling around on the floor a lot. He's still crawling <laughs> on the floor really quickly. He's 13 months old, so he's a little bit behind um, Jarrell's uh, daughter, but um, he's beginning to to take his first steps now, but with with some support. Um, yeah, and and in other in other news, I've started a new role at a school, and so I haven't had as much time as before to do a lot of foreshadow things. Um, and so I don't know if our listeners are aware of, for instance, like the posts on Facebook or Twitter. That hasn't been as as frequent as. As before, because of this role, um, but um, we have a two-week break, and so I hope to catch up a little bit. Um, um, although I want to spend most of the time with my family and enjoying the the sunshine, which is forecast for some of the days. And this week is um, for the West; it's Holy Week, and f- um, the second week of my break is the, the Orthodox Holy Week. Um, and and so I I am Orthodox Christian, but um, there isn't a, a church near us. So we often also attend 
our local Anglican church. So we'll be celebrating Easter twice um, this week. So that'll be fun. So we and and this episode is scheduled to be released on um, on Easter Easter Sunday. So we we'd like to wish our listeners a happy Easter season, a resurrection season as well. And and what's new with you, Will? Um, I am. Uh, hopefully going to, I might need uh, uh, to rise again after submitting my master's thesis um, in uh, here at the University of Georgia. Uh, that's been an all-consuming project these last, well, really, you know, the last couple of months, but in particular, the last three weeks or so have been, you know, a lot of, a lot of midnight oil burning. Uh, and so I'm excited to kind of get that in and, and sort of over with in some ways, though I'm also excited about the potential longevity of that project and, and to see how that might continue to shape what happens in the future or how it might morph into something more uh, accessible, but um, well, accessible in terms of other people getting to, to take a look at it besides, you know, a, a small thesis committee and myself. Yes. <laughs> and so, yes. Uh, so yeah, Perhaps. we'll see, we'll see how that works out. And, and that's kind of, yeah, the big, the big focus right now. I'll have a lot of grading to do as well because I'm a teaching assistant. And so, um, but yeah, in general, things are good. Our, our, our big update, I guess, um, is, is that we're, you know, everything going according to plan. We'll, we'll hopefully be uh, moving into a, a new house that we are, 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 are buying uh, come, uh, come mid-May sometime. So, if, you know. Uh, nice. And all goes according to plan. That that's that's definitely on the docket too. So lots of exciting big life sort of updates and shifts all at once, um, as it goes. But yeah, it's, it's all all good home stuff. Ownership. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, we we recently published an article on Foreshadow last week about um, someone planting a garden. But it, as part of their um, of their essay, they were also describing how they had longed so much to move into their own place where they could have their own garden. And, um, and so it kind of, in a way, a pilgrimage of sorts as well, ha um, having one's own connection and pers personal connection with where they're living. So it, I guess it's, in some ways it is like a pilgrimage um, moving wherever, wherever you move um, it's a pilgrimage, but in a different way as well, if you are um, owning your own place and, and calling a place, your permanent home for, for the next season or however long you're, you're there. It's, it's yeah. more of a commitment to that place where you're staying. Yeah, definitely. I know Jarrell and his wife have been on that journey recently and thinking about ways in which they can sort of invest in the land that is theirs. You know what I mean? Land ownership is such like an interesting thing and definitely mm. like a, a, a controversial is not the right word, but definitely in, in the U.S. especially, uh, that's a hot it's an it's it's a, a a a justifiably reconsidered issue you know who who owns this or whose is this uh even if i bought it you know what i mean uh all to say uh this idea of stewardship and caring and 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 participating in in making things new you know i think that's cool and you do get an opportunity when for better or for worse you come into ownership of a property and, and land and so yeah definitely taking that to heart i know it's been cool to see some of what Jarrell and Chelsea are planning on doing. And I know Yasha and I definitely have plans to try to lean into that as well. Mm -hmm. uh, caring, caring for what we, we have now sort of, I guess, uh, are stewarding, mm. if you will. Yeah. For, for this season and this time. Yeah. Thank you for, for, for sharing that. 
Well, let's let's yeah. go on to the the episodes. So today we'll be um, reviewing the the first three conversations that I've had, and um, it wasn't planned that I would do all three actually. Um, but as we as we heard, Will because of Will's um, finishing his MA, he's going to be. Um, we're, we're kind of we've kind of swapped some, and so you'll be hearing from Will in the next few seasons, uh, sorry, not next few episodes, as well as hopefully Jarrell too. Um, so, but so I I was glad to be able to, to meet and speak with um, these three people that I, I, I met. Um, so the first one was Ryan Keating. That was from episode 42 called Drawing from Deep Wells. He's a pastor, a poet and winemaker living in Cyprus. And in the episode, um, he describes how he is kind of... Um, didn't expect that he would be ending up in Cyprus, uh, but um, he's found there deep wells of healing in the in the richness of the the culture and of the the history. Um, he gave an example of he lives close to a pilgrimage site where um, people go to to um, remember and and venerate um, Saint Barnabas, and um, and he's al he's also set up a cafe and is a pastor of a church. And um, so he's discovered these deep wells of um, of tradition, of winemaking, of um, of faith that he hadn't expected. And and then he also um, he's, he shares a couple of his poems about wine and communion, and and it describes how for him um, ancient Christian prayers and cooking with his family provide nourishment for his journey. And then I, so I had never met him before, but he was a contributor to Foreshadow, and it was a real honor to to speak with him and hear his his story, uh, as it was for the next person, um, Jessica Walters, who's a professor of writing in the British Columbia, um, and that episode was called Reintegration and Rediscovery, and in that episode she described her journey from a tradition that overemphasized external ex uh, achievements, such as um, memorizing the Bible. Um, rotely, if that's a word, and um, and moving towards co uh, contemplative uh, reintegration of scripture and personal involvement, faith and creativity, word and silence. So moving from um, like these, ha trying to get com almost compete with these spiritual experiences um, to a more a more um, contemplative um, and and personal relationship with God. Um, and, and and that's not so concerned about comparing with other people and how they do. And um, one of her formative experiences she described was um, working by herself as a medic in the forests of British Columbia. And she also read two of her poems, which we will be publishing on Foreshadow um, this season. And then finally, I, I got to speak with um, Roger Belbin, whom I know in person. And um, it's great to also hear his uh, British accent because we don't have many English or Scottish or um, Irish or Welsh um, guests on our podcasts. Um, we've had a couple before, but because I'm based in the UK, I'd really like to have more uh, of a of a UK presence representing this. And you two are in America, so I know you you, uh, you guys can get you guys can most of your guests have been Americans, um, so that which makes sense. Um, but he describes his pilgrimage. Uh, uh, the pilgrimages he used to go on with his his wife um, in honor of St. Alban, who was the first martyr of Britain, um, and how that was a, a part of their local church. And for him, um, the reason he would go on the pilgrimages was um, because he was joining in what his church was doing 
and, and which ended up in a worship service. And so, um, and then he also described uh, wa walking portions of the Camino de Santiago, which is in both France and Spain. Most of it is in Spain, um, but the portions that he walked was in France. And uh, and then he reads a poem that he recently published on Foreshadow. So it was great to hear um, someone describe their actual literal pilgrimages that he would walk that are um that are really historic um and not just and, and not just the um the spiritual pilgrimage that we we talk about with or or like or journeying from one country to another but actually going on a specific route um for the purpose of um of worship um and and reflecting on on god so that's just a basic summary um we haven't planned who's going to speak in what order. So um, I guess, would Will, would you, would you like to go or would you like to share or Jarrell, would you like to go first? And um, yeah, Jarrell, why don't you go first? Yeah. Uh, so w w with the first uh, episode of the season with, with Ryan, um, I guess we can, we can maybe talk about the poem a little bit. Um, his first poem presence uh, talking about, taking part in the Lord's Supper. Um, just that, I think, yeah, just kind of going top down from the episode. But I, um, one of the, the quotes he said, uh, church experience makes the Lord's Supper a kind of like, our previous church experience can make the Lord's Supper a, like a sterile experience. Um, that just stood out, uh, you know, hearing that was like, oh, that's, you know, that's how true is that? Like how ironic or even, maybe how hypocritical like um that that kind of can be of us like in our pursuit of Christ that we just kind of you know get caught up in just oh this is just what we do this is the ritual of it okay here we go communion sunday all right get everything ready you know and it's like even in the act of like getting things ready or like even participating or like walking up walking down the aisle to receive the bread and the cup like it's uh I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe just uh, we can get lost in the fact that, oh, yeah, we do this because it's scheduled. <clears throat> we schedule it, at least like sometimes in, you know, churches that have gone, it's like, oh, yeah, you do it once a month or whatever the case is. Um, and sometimes it just is like, oh, we're doing this again today, you know. Uh, but um, yeah, if that, I guess I could, yeah, just stop there. But that's. Mm um it it was that was one thing that kind of stood out to me yeah that's a good observation and that, that makes me think about how in in our worship services you you describe like walking up to the cup and the bread or the chalice or um and in a way it's it makes me think about how that in itself is like a pilgrimage on sundays um yes, when we go up mini, yeah. a little mini pilgrimage when we go up to to take communion or receive communion um and and uh but so often we can, yeah, we can we can approach it um, not as a pilgrimage, not with the reverence that a pilgrimage should have. Um, um, but sometimes it becomes a routine, and so it's just like the next thing we do, like standing in line um, in the grocery store or something. And that also, I mean, in in some ways, we can also think about how in the grocery store we could that that standing in line can be a pilgrimage too, in the sense of the people around us. Um, um, honoring the image of God in them. Um, but so often it's easy to make that a routine and we don't recognize. 
what yeah. the 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 presence of God in in our midst. And so um I think yes. of the the quote by St. John Chrysostom, um if you if you can't find Christ in the beggar at the church door, then you won't find him in the chalice. And mm. um and so so recognizing that um kind of holding both of those th- aspects of communion together, the communion of with Christ in the bread and the wine and in revering that, um, but also finding the face of Christ in our, in in the stranger around us and, and also approaching that with the same reverence too. Yeah. I I'll chime in real quick here too on, on, on Ryan Keating that what you both have sort of alluded to and, and I think highlighted was his sort of attention to the ordinary you know, and, and ordinary time and finding these moments, like you said, that become sort of moments of encounter or, or you know, this Kairos time experience, uh, this deeper spiritual uh, essence that is inhabiting and moving through all of space and time in a way, interconnecting things. And I, I really loved actually hearing him talk about his Saturdays you know, and how he, like he cooks on Saturdays and spends time with his family. Like, and that in and of itself is this sort of routine. We're using that word routine. Um, and sometimes routine has a negative connotation. It, it does, mm. I think, especially in, yeah. in, in our cultures of sort of uh, innovation and change and newness and the mm-hmm. flashbang uh, sort of moments, uh, routine becomes synonymous with monotony you know, and it becomes synonymous mm. with like a drag becomes synonymous with like, you know, mm. uh, uh, you know, whatever. I think, uh, what some of his, not just poetry, but some of just talking about some of his life, I found that he definitely has this profound commitment to an, an encounter and experience and, and a sensitivity to looking for, um, sort of divine exchange in the ordinary space and in ordinary time, um, which, yeah, is definitely commendable and, and pretty remarkable. I think there's something, something to glean from that, um, that you can miss again, when you look for flashbang and you might even miss, you might even miss in, you know, ironically, and not to undermine our theme, but you might miss in moments of segregated pilgrimage, or time apart where you do then sort of hyper-focus on some sort of activity of ascent or encounter with, with the divine um, that you might be sensitized to that all the time reconstitutes. If we want to use the language pilgrimage, uh, it, re, it reconstitutes or recalibrates that term to have more constant application. You know, if you're, if you're if you're constantly journeying through your life in every moment, waking moment, um, to, toward awareness of God's presence or whatever, however you are articulating that thing, um, then that that maybe that in and of itself is some form of of sort of pilgrimage, or maybe it's not. Maybe maybe that's maybe we call that something else. Maybe we do call that awareness. All to say, I I really appreciated that about. Uh, in in the midst of hearing about his journey and his poems, that there was this sense of like acute uh, awareness and disposi- like a cultivated disposition, so mm-hmm. that such that he 
he might be aware of these things around him and and name yeah. them as such. Yeah, I think in a previous episode, Will, you you used the you alluded to the book "Practicing the Presence of God" by yeah, Brother Brother, Lawrence. Brother yeah. Lawrence, and I think that that encompasses what you're saying is wherever we are, whether doing dishes or whether waiting for communion or whether uh, spending time with our families on a, on a, on our days off, that can be an opportunity to practice the presence of God of, of, in terms of being aware of God's presence and um, and seeing Him in in the the activities we're doing yeah yeah and and we can move on the the the, the sort of i mean th this dichotomy is collapsing but like the secular idea of that and what you hear about in sort of psychological circles or even other spiritualities is just mindfulness right it is becoming mm -hmm. aware of yourself your body your your physical your corporeal corporeal experience in the world yeah. you know what i mean and no and, longer a separation of the yeah. two things anymore. Yeah. And how your thoughts are a part of that, you know, your, your inner world, your inner thinking is necessarily impactful and, and effective upon your, your tangible lived bodily experiences. I think that's cool. You know, that, I mean, that's getting back to that integrated self idea that maybe you attain through, through pilgrimage and certain experiences, which is maybe a great transition to our talking about our uh, the next guest in this lineup. Yes, yes, because that episode was called Reintegration and Rediscovery. And um, that word you use, mindfulness, I think that's, a, a, I think of Buddhism with that. And yeah. I think in Christianity, I think of incarnation and mm -hmm. um, this where the word becomes flesh and our, our body and our soul are one unit and they're reintegrated. And so in that, in that episode, um, Jessica um, talks about how, and I, I forgot to mention this in, in the summary, she talks about how um, in her tradition, she, she didn't feel that she could reintegrate her creative, uh, creative side. Um, mm. her, her love for writing and language and words didn't really find a home. Um, and so that's the quest that she's been on. And, uh, and so the tradition that she's in now, which, um, she described as more of a high church, um, tradition, she does feel that she can, um, bring that, um, bring her writing and her faith together. And, um, and the book that, and I also didn't mention that the book that she had referenced is about caring for words in, in a culture of lies. I believe that's the title. And so, um, so, so yeah, I, I really was struck with, um, with that because I can relate to that. And I don't know if you guys can either. I assume you can both being musical and, and artistic, but, um, for me, um, my, one of the, one of the things that, um, in my journey or pilgrimage to orthodoxy was that it wasn't as the theology about God only. I mean, that was a big part of it, but it was also the anthropology in the sense of what it showed me about being human about mm. being in mm. the flesh um as you know like it's it's a church with icons and incense and uh, candles all of the senses are um are um kind of evoked in in the worship and and i and i find that to be really freeing because um the vision of humanity there is that we are called to be like god and um there again the incarnation that jesus it, uh, became a man. God took on flesh so that we might become like God. Um, but I think Jessica's um, journey really illustrates that reintegr reintegration well. Yeah.
Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, in terms of um, all, all of these, by the way, all of these interviews are great, Josh. I really appreciate you, you know, uh, stringing those together and, and, and such different perspectives as well. Um, I loved, you know, what, and I don't mean this in a, in a, in a critical sense, the, the, uh, Ryan Keating was, had, a, had an air of sort of, uh, confidence and certainty about what his sort of his, his, you know, positions were on things and why he was doing what he was doing, uh, where Jessica Walters kind of, uh, offered a much more sort of un uncertainty for lack of a, you know, better term and sort of this, uh, um, I use the word lightly and not as a label, but this deconstructed sort of like uh, position uh, of of sort of encounter and and openness to to new things. Also, knowing what things don't work anymore, you know, and having to like sort of uh, maybe move on from from certain things in the past, and and then now reforming something new as its own sort of large scale pilgrimage. You know, we, I think we did talk about pilgrimage in layers. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the last time, and I think, uh, Jessica certainly helped kind of tease out some of that on the larger scale, I yes. think. Um, and, but through these sort of real life journey experiences and, and, and narrative experiences as well. Um, so I, yeah, and I, I really appreciated hearing about, uh, one being like a medic out in the woods and, 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 and being isolated and, and still, again, talk about having to come to yourself, you know what I mean? And come into yourself mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and just sit with yourself. What, I mean, that's a forced <laughs> experience of that. People might go on like a retreat. People might go, you know what I mean? To like a quick, like quiet space in their home or whatever as possible, but to like really isolate like that in some ways, uh, yeah. would, I mean, it, it, it would bring it, it's, it's that ascetic life, right? Um, and then, and then now to like use those as springboards to then rearticulate and rethink what it is to be a person of faith or to participate in communities of faith. Um, yeah, that's, that's just so fascinating. And so, uh, so also, you know, maybe, maybe inspiring. I, I would hope that the, the point of this podcast is not just to sort of do show and tell the show and tell, hopefully is is a way for people to find points of synergy and or models potentially you know this is a this is a thing that i i really resonate with or this is a thing that or they oh they went through that i'm going through mm -hmm. that now maybe this is what the back end right. might kind of look like or they've they've yeah. navigated this a little bit for me yet another sort of like relationship to then pilgrimage and having these map makers basically right these path takers let's add another acre of rhyme in here real quick no uh, <laughs> uh, but having these people uh who have, have gone before uh, i think could be very encouraging and helpful and in both cases and especially jessica i think that was really cool to hear about her story yeah i'm glad you uh put that idea to words well because that's definitely something that's been sitting in my mind is you know looking at what the podcast is doing is I guess, but yeah, being relatable, if that, you know, just on a basic human level, it's like somebody else is going, somebody's going through one thing or has lived a life that experienced this. And it's like, oh, I'm going through the same thing too. Um, and, you know, along the lines of the, you know, the questions that she invites 
or has invited in in her life i think that's something i've really begun to appreciate um i mm. think you know yeah. she said something about uh like the church has lacked a love for the arts um without fear i think that was it right um uh there's like the fear of like engaging with the arts perhaps it, within the church context is that the arts tends to invite and engage these questions mm -hmm. um you know it kind of, they kind of open the door to some of the quote taboo topics you know like like doubt questions you know just things about basic human nature that i think uh are yeah i've just i've grown an appreciation for that i think that it doesn't have to come with um it doesn't imply a lack of faith necessarily yeah or or however you want to wrestle with that idea of like what do i have faith do i is where is my faith um but i think it what is it um yeah it just uh it, it begets more i guess growth and development i think it may be just a basic way to put that but um you continue to maybe in some ways uh, the paradox is that you become more human in, yeah. in a weird way. I don't know that that's such a weird thing to say, but uh, um, anyway, yes. I, something I appreciated about her was yes, the questions. Yeah. Very cool. Well, yeah. with that in mind too, you know, I think that, that, that then is a good transition of, in terms of like experience and opening oneself up and, and having been down the path before uh, to talk about our next guest who I think uh, was, was, uh, you know, by all accounts, and is no secret, was uh, further along in years than the likes of us, and and has some of those experiences with which to share, and quite literal, you know, like you said, Josh, in the intro, uh, experiences about going on these kinds of pilgrimages and having dispositions. And I thought I'd briefly share, just to not take up time. One of the things I loved about that interview, Josh, and maybe something to riff on here, integrated into thinking about his responses, were that he did not mince words. His responses were brief, if not, if not non-existent. <laughs> yeah, I loved how you left a couple like open-ended sort of rhetorical things there. And he's like, not chiming in. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I thought, I thought that was actually kind of telling and, and, and in a good way and beautiful. Like um, uh, he said what he needed to say. You yeah. know what I mean? Some of yeah. that was caught up in his poem and, and, and didn't, didn't feel the need to fill space. Yeah. Didn't feel mm. the need to like uh, just ramble. He just... Uh, a lesson I could learn, uh, you know. A lesson I could learn as well. And actually that, at the end of my episode with uh, Jessica, um, I found it because I asked her what, um, are there any websites or links that she would like to share? And, and yeah. she, did, she doesn't have a quote social media presence. And I, and I actually think that that silence actually speaks louder than, um, a, you know, if she had had a, a presence because um, it, it just mm. points to that, um that um saying what needs to be said and that's something i'm i'm working on and and trying to work on and i think i agree with you will that that's um that that's a, a virtue to be cultivated yeah, yeah something i really appreciated about that was especially with regard to why he was like when you asked him like why do you do take part in this thing that the church does and it's just because they just 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 what they do and i was like oh great because sometimes that is enough right it's just what we do and uh that was you know really like punch in the face i don't know however you want to say that but uh yeah i thought that was great 
Yeah, yes. I, str- I, I, I struggle with that too. You know, I, I don't know if you're saying you struggle with that notion of just going along with things because that's what mm. we do. The, right. the the rebel inside of me wants to say like, well, but why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's always wanting to understand why, which is valid. But yeah, sometimes, I don't know, like with kids, they always ask why. And I have a very healthy thing to do. It's just that sometimes when you 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 give them like well it's just that's just because <laughs> yeah definitely a lot of just because in that one and 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 but you know maybe good good just becauses yes yes yeah yeah and um i was just imagining um you know a lot of times people ask in um why do we do this in church like um why do we call it this um i was in a, cl- a class recently we talking about the the eucharist and um and they were saying why is it called in the catholic tradition why is it called the host um rather than just bread and um and i was just imagining like the answer being well it's because that's how we do it but in a, in a way i also understand what you're saying Jarell, because so much of the embodiment of our faith uh, is about doing things it's not just about why it's not just about the um what's the right word um the theory behind it uh, i think in the in the west we 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 we're hyper rational where we have to mm. understand everything we're doing and why we're doing it and there's strengths to that but also part of being um embodied you know going back to reincarnation part of being in the flesh is we do we often do things and we don't always know why we do them or or if we don't yet know why we do them the more we do them, we the more we grow into learning why we're doing them. Like, mm-hmm. um, for instance, I guess, I, I guess going to like walk, like I guess like a baby learning to walk doesn't, um, it doesn't always understand the, the the mechanisms behind why it's walking, but it wants to get somewhere, and it, it's it's working, developing these muscles, and it's um, realizing the potential that it has, and it's growing into that. And it finds that it's beginning to walk and do new things, and and so I'm just thinking out loud that maybe with um, with regard to um, with regard to worship, some sometimes, um, and I, I will have a, an asterisk, a caveat, but sometimes um, we do things before we know why exactly we're doing them, but we trust the community, we trust um, that there is a good a good reason, and and maybe in doing that we find that we have muscles we didn't realize that. And, and we there are experiences that um, we gain through doing that that strengthen us. But the caveat is, what about when those practices are not good for us? That they, they don't actually mm. they don't actually empower our humanity. Um, and that goes back to the conversation with Jessica, um, where there were harmful practices that her community was was um, kind of, it sounded like um, were were teaching. And um, but uh, there's so much more I know that we could say. Um, and but I, I think if I can just sum up what I'm saying, I think our pilgrimage and calling is to be fully alive and and to be like Christ, and that's uh, and so we hope that the the communities are part of our spurring us on towards that fullness of life. Yeah, I think that's the thing I appreciate about that. Just do it is that it's communally focused, right? Is the motivation if it's for the betterment of the community. I know you can kind of say like maybe some practices are maybe done with that intent and maybe not healthy. So there's, yes, there is all of those aspects about it. I think, yeah, I, I, what I appreciate about that um, 
idea that this is just a thing we do for the sake of community, I think is that it gets us maybe outside of our, I don't know. Yeah. Outside of ourselves in a way that because we can be so inwardly, you know, individually focused. Uh, and I know that's kind of been a running theme, right? Mm-hmm. Like being outside of ourselves and, and paying attention, being attentive to the needs of each other. Um, and I think just doing something because it's what we do, that very idea that it is a we, a collective thing, I think maybe it does support the idea that this is for each other, right? We are here together as we do a pilgrimage, as we journey together. It's um, so, um, mm-hmm. and I guess, yeah, apart from anything that might be right, there are definitely unhealthy practices that we try to take, you know, that groups of people may try to do together. But I think maybe in this kind of instance, it's like, yeah, we just do this. You know, we walk together. Um, uh, yeah, it's, I think that's a, yeah, we just, I don't know, maybe we can get a Nike sponsor. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or not get sued and cover. Oh, uh, yes, wait, wait. Uh, sorry, I didn't say just do uh, thus. Uh, <laughs> thus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, proof's in the pudding with all this stuff, right? You know, the, the, I think the fruit, of good seeds is is always evident um and whether it's a individual or communal journeying pilgrimage practices whatever that are forming us uh whether we just quote do it or (laughs) or whether we interrogate the thing that we're doing um Mm. and find that it needs to shift or we need to get out of it or whatever the case may be is is probably the product of of you know the 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 product is it is it smelly and rotten or is it is it you know is it good and mm. and, and nutritious in, in in to extend that metaphor um sounds like so, a good yeah. title for the episode might be brewing somewhere there we'll see yeah 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 that uh yeah paths toward toward growth and and fruitfulness um i, I don't know all to say um i don't know if you guys had any other uh, you know, sort of burning thoughts or notions that we needed to touch base on. Um, well, it's great to reflect with you guys and to, yeah. and I know there's a lot more that we could have said, but it was great to kind of yeah. find a few um, things that stood out to us and kind of uh, um, not unpick them, but um, kind of just see where the implications are and how that resonates with us and, um, and bounce ideas off. So, so in addition, I, I hope our listeners have benefit benefited from it, but I also enjoy just kind of hearing where you guys are thinking too. And um, cause I know we, we come from different perspectives, but we also have shared um, va- like values and as well. And, and so hearing where that comes together. So, so I, I appreciated that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I will say one sort of last kind of just summary note, maybe for all three, um, all of them, if we want to go again, a sort of meta level pilgrimage, uh, despite their, you know, unique stories and their differences and their own perspectives, um, one of the ways in which we might bundle the three of them or, or connect the three of them or they participate in connecting to each other is through the activity and journey of writing and especially, specifically mm-hmm. writing poetry, not just, you know, regular old prose, but th- these are all uh, poets 
uh, and people who've, who've dedicated themselves to a certain kind of craft and a certain uh, way of communicating, which is diverse in and of itself. But I thought that was an interesting way to sort of uh, mm. uh, group things. And I know it was incidental in terms of the episode order, but it's still, uh, again, has this potentially informative and instructive, uh, not instructive in a, this is the only way, but a cool way to, to showcase uh, a mode of pilgrimage in mm. writing. Hmm. And creative writing and poetry specifically. We have to have a sequel episode to kind of just describe, discuss what you just said. But I really like that, Will. So thank you for for um, tying that together. Yeah, cool. Well, gents and audience, with that, if you've enjoyed our conversation, do let us know by leaving a review, emailing us at foreshadowmagazine at gmail.com or connecting on our various social media platforms. You can also visit foreshadowmagazine.com to read new writings and listen to other conversations. There, you can sign up for a free, that's right, a free newsletter sharing new work every week. Thanks for listening. That's been the forecast for April Fool's one year from today. Nice. Nice ending. Great. So well, we really are going to put it for next year, right? No, we'll, no, we'll put it for this year, but <laughs> they can listen to it. So. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> should start, you should start next year's episode. Oh, yes. On, you, should, you should air an episode on April Fool's next year with this, uh, <laughs> this episode and then just have it abruptly end with April Fool's and then continue on with the, the next <laughs> next thing just to see if people remember you will have to we'll have to make a note of that though yes and this is still recording so maybe i can use some of this as well yeah good good april fools episode on april fools next year using a portion of this episode yes i think i've heard this before yeah